you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the California Underground. I'm here with Natalie again, special co-host. Always enjoy having her on. So thanks for coming back, Natalie. I know you've been a little bit busy with stuff, so that's made it. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so I guess we'll just jump right into it because I feel like we have like a lot of stuff to, to cover today. Yeah. I know that you sent me a lot of stuff to cover, so I guess we'll just jump right into it. Um, first off, disclosure, we are going to start off by putting everything into context and say these are, to put everything into context, these are the numbers right now from the California COVID dashboard. Um, we are here. So this is right now, this is the death rate and the seven day average. If I'm moving all the way over as far as it goes to July 27th, the seven day average death rate per 100,000 for the whole state is 0.01. Sound pretty scary so far. (laughs) Um, With all compassion for everyone. No, it does not. It sounds uh, surprisingly low to me. So, and over here we have, this is the scary part that they all want you to get very scared of is the confirmed case rates. Now it did, it did spike up a little bit. So Mm -hmm. we're right here at seven day on July 22nd, the seven day rolling average was 14.5. So. Yep. And I, this is actually what I was talking about. Uh, right before we went live. And if you look at Los Angeles County, which obviously has been in a universal mass mandate for a couple of weeks before it was recommended for the rest of the state, I think in Los Angeles, the cases are 17 per 100,000, the average, and then 0.04 deaths per 100,000. So yeah. it's not much worse than the state overall. And uh, we've been in a universal mass mandate for a couple of weeks now. So and then we, we kind of move it over a little bit after this little dip. So it takes a nosedive and it's so small. It's hard to get the, the cursor actually over it. Um, seven day average case rate as of July 27th is 11.8 for the entire state of 40 million people. Just to give you an idea and to really narrow things down because you're up in LA. I am. Unfortunately, unfortunately we can look at the numbers for, LA and it kind of models almost exactly the same as the state. Yeah. So is LA is the problem. Are, <laughs> are you guys the problem right now? I think we're always the, the problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it seems like. Uh, and then, yeah, you're all the way back down here. So 0.04 and then testing has gone back up. Um, Oh, that's positivity. Sorry. Uh, test positivity has gone back up a little bit. Total test perform has gone down a little bit. Um, ICU beds available. Um, so you're all the way up here. And this is the big dip for hospitalized. So we went from here was the peak January 13th, 2021. And now here's the, where we are right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just, and just want to make thing. sure 
<laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, just no one puts this into context ever. Uh, and they give you like a quarter of the story and instead of telling you the whole thing and giving you the numbers and we're so focused on cases as opposed to deaths, which is strange to me. We don't behave that way with the flu. Uh, we mm. don't freak out anytime someone gets the flu. We, we don't even freak out when they die, but that's what we are concerned about every year is the deaths. So it seems a little like propaganda to me and like purposely hard, uh, you know, exacerbating the panic a little bit and we're definitely <laughs> going to talk about that more but i just want to make sure for the big tech overlords they know that we're putting this in context and i can't reiterate this enough we are looking at the california covid dashboard it's their data so if anyone says you're spreading misinformation this is directly from their website so san diego we're doing a little bit better than you guys this was our death rate smaller than the state overall. Everything kind of mirrors what's going on with the state. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, how many hospital beds do we have? I, how do they measure this? 263 available ICU beds. And I always thought ICU beds, I thought ICUs were supposed to be pretty full in general. Like they're not supposed to be empty. Uh, that was something I heard as well. And I can't really speak on that. Let's but, see. Um, 260 as of oh 316. Okay, so 316, 14-day average. Okay, so we've now completely successfully put it into context. Mm-hmm. Um, you're up in LA right now where they're just throwing caution to the wind. Mask mandates back. You got to put the mask back on. Um, public yep. health director wants to, is like just itching to shut down schools What's the feeling up there in LA? Like, is it just, are people like upset about what's going on in LA or are they just kind of like, no, we got to do this again for the greater good. Um, you know, I, I had originally worried that it would be the latter, uh, cause it's LA and I feel like mm. we're kind of martyrs up here. We'll, we'll buy whatever they're selling, but I work in a restaurant and, uh, I have had quite a few guests come in without one or forget to put it on. I've had many complain to me <laughs> about uh, about it. Uh, many of them have told me that they got the shot and they can't believe that we're doing this again. So uh, it kind of just seems to be like people are tired of it, which gives me a lot of hope because I think I told you last time we spoke, I didn't think we were going to go back into a mass mandate while Newsom was facing this recall. I was really surprised. Mm and kind of blindsided. I thought it was coming in the fall um, if things don't go our way, but I'm happy that people are seem to be tired of it. I don't see people pushing back as much as I would like, but I also understand that everyone's in their own place and we can't all fight the fight all the time. So, Yeah, some people are just, I, I just want to get on with my life if this is what yeah. I got to do. Yeah. So you'd sent me this article uh, from Deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, California calls for universal masking indoor public settings one week after Newsom said we don't need masks shocker he went back on what he said uh, you said if we could stand sitting through four minutes of the CDC director speaking so I'm going to test it I think we're going to try and sit through four minutes of her speaking if at any point I'm going to play the video if at any point you want me to stop it and pause it and point out something just say pause sure. so I'll make sure I pause it okay mm-hmm. yeah 
So exactly what problem does the Delta variant create that masks for vaccinated people solves? Good morning, John. Thanks for having me back. Um, so this is, we have new data here. We have always seen, first of all, I want to reemphasize our vaccines are working just as we thought they would with the Delta variant to prevent severe hospitalization and death. We should be getting vaccinated to prevent severe disease in ourselves and to protect ourselves from the Delta variant and from getting severe COVID. Here's the new science that we saw just in the last several days. With prior variants, when people had um, these rare breakthrough infections, we didn't see the capacity of them to spread the virus to others. But with the Delta variant, we now see in our outbreak investigations that have been occurring over the last couple of weeks, in those outbreak investigations, we have been seeing that if you happen to have one of those breakthrough infections, that you can actually now pass it to somebody else. We thought that was really important for people to know and understand because when people are out there vaccinated, thinking that even if they get mild illness, they can't give it to someone else, if they're then going to a loved one who's immunocompromised, who isn't yet vaccinated or couldn't yet be vaccinated, we wanted them to take the protection to protect others. Um, so that was the new science. So I'm just going to pause it right there so we don't have to go through the whole four minutes of listening to okay. the CDC director. Well, How many times has have, have they flip-flopped on this? Well, if you get the vaccine, you're absolutely safe and we're going to stop this. But now they're starting – the CDC itself is starting to say, actually, that's not entirely true. Like if you have the vaccine, there's breakthroughs, you could still spread it. Well, the interesting thing, and I don't know if she said it in that little bit of it, but she does say it in it. I was turning off my fan because I was worried about the noise. But she says at some point in there, you can be in a room with crowded people and, and be fully vaccinated and have a breakthrough case. It can be one in 10 or one in 20 people. But if you go on the CDC site, and I have the link, according to the CDC, she's the director of the CDC, their breakthrough infections are allegedly right now 6,000 in 161 million doses, which I don't think works out to one in 10 or one in 20 people. So I'm not a huge proponent of the vaccines. I'm not saying whether they are effective or they are safe or not, but she's saying something different than what is on the CDC site. And I think that's just an example of how we've had no like real leadership here and no consensus and it has been a bunch of flip-flopping. And even as this is coming out now, they're still trying to hang on to this narrative of it's the unvaccinated people. And so we're all masking in order to protect them. But Fauci himself recently came out and said they have the same level of viral no load in their noses, un uh, vaccinated people as unvaccinated people when they have the Indian variant. So it's it's very confusing. I don't know what is real or or not real. I don't know if anyone does. But it seems like they're not even trying to have like the same set of lies. They're not even trying to get their story straight anymore. It's just contradictory all over the place. Yeah, and it's I'm sure a lot of people feel this way. If you were trying to solve the issue of vaccine hesitancy, the messaging coming out of Washington and the White House right now is just awful. It's just so yeah. contradictory. It's just so, uh, it, I, I was thinking about it the other day, and I think the best way to put it as like a simple analogy is like, if you were a parent 
and you told your kid, well, eat your vegetables and you can get ice cream after dinner. The kid eats his vegetables and then he's ready for ice cream and they go, just kidding. Here's another serving of vegetables. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's how people kind of feel right now is like, I went through everything. Yeah. And, and I, I did everything you told me to. And now we're going backwards. Yeah. And I do want to be careful with this. I've often thought that it's like they have a playbook of exactly how to. I, I mean, I, I'm not shy about this on my social media. I've not been vaccinated. It's like they have a playbook of exactly how to keep me not vaccinated. And they're just following that and doing everything wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to be careful with it because I don't think the right answer is the carrot necessarily. I don't think the right answer is the stick, um, like, you know, punishing people for not being vaccinated or punishing all of us universally. But I don't think the right answer is like, get vaccinated so you can have your freedoms back and your life back and, you know, effectively creating two tiers of citizenship. So in my opinion, the answer is, let's look at the numbers we just looked at. And protect the vulnerable, which is something that we have should have done this entire time. And, uh, you know, leave everyone else alone. But when I when we talk about this, I I don't want to encourage this idea of like, well, no, the vaccinated should be able to get back to life and take off their masks, because I don't think that's right either. All right, let's keep going. Let's plow through this video. See what else she has to say. And, um, you know, it was not uh, it was it it weighed heavily. I I know that this is not a message America wants to hear. The reason I was asking is because just yesterday you also put out the CDC did a new science brief, which contained this sentence. These findings, along with the early evidence for this, might, uh, this has nothing to do with the CDC. But I do love whenever a news anchor feels the need to do this. OK, hold on one second. <laughs> I'm going to put on my glasses because I have something very important to say about this. And, you know, I'm serious because I'm putting on my thinking glasses. <laughs> Reduce viral load in vaccinated people who develop COVID-19 suggests that any associated transmission risk is likely to be substantially reduced in vaccinated people. So even though that brief came out just yesterday, you're saying that's no longer operative. So he's already pointing out and credit to CNN. He's already pointing out that CDC wrote something and it's already being contradicted live on CNN. Yeah, well, it's interesting that the Washington Post actually today came out with a piece asking where the data is. And when the Washington Post is asking that, it's like, yeah, where is it? And they note that none of this is based on any kind of published data. Um, It's it's merely cited as CDC COVID-19 response team unpublished data 2021. And she says it'll be made available later. Uh, And I think we have a right to this immediately. So... CNN and Washington Post kind of asking the hard questions a little bit. You know, it's bad when they start asking the hard questions. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's see your response. Yeah, we are. Um, you know, this, as I said, the, the science that prompted this guidance is just days old. And in the coming days, you will actually see the uh, published information on the science that motivated okay. this change. So can you quantify how much transmission uh, of this new Delta, Delta variant is coming from vaccinated people? 
What we know is the vast majority, the, you, what you called the sea of orange and red on the map, the vast majority of that transmission is coming from unvaccinated people. And if you look at that map, 80% of those counties that are red are from um, are in areas that have less than 40% of vaccine, vaccinated people. So our lowest areas of vaccination are um, producing 80% of those red counties. So really important to understand the vast majority is occurring in unvaccinated people. But we wanted people who were vaccinated to understand that they could potentially pass okay. this virus if they were one of those breakthrough infections. So the, the map is interesting just because looking at it, it's almost like you can see the political breakdown of the map of like where there's high vaccination rates and where there's like low vaccination rates. Mm -hmm. um, so you have that whole like Texas, the South, Florida. So if Florida doesn't have a high vaccination rate, yet they're still doing fine. I guess that kind of disproves that you, I don't know. It's just interesting looking at how it, it, it kind of falls like the political ramifications of how people talk about the vaccine definitely has an effect on the, the states. If you're looking right. at them. Yeah. Especially in California where you see it's a lot of yellow, maybe some red, but mostly it's those Midwest Southern red states. Yeah. And they're also less densely populated, right? So I would so you, even if they have lower vaccination rates, they're not as in contact with each other. I don't know. So I personally think the driver of all this would be the cities, which are largely blue, right? So yeah. it would it would be like LA's fault. LA, it's, yes. a, it's <laughs> LA's fault, and I'm I always blame everything on LA. So <laughs> I mean, same. So let's see what, how she finishes off her her segment. Well, predominantly, this is something coming from unvaccinated people to unvaccinated people, correct? For the most part, absolutely. So then you can understand the frustration in those of us who are vaccinated saying, why the hell do I have to pay the price for this? Right. So we're asking everybody in those areas of orange and red and here here to to mask up. And here is the reason why. If you're a vaccinated person, you have um, and you're in one of those areas, as you said, a sea of red, a sea of covid. You have a reasonable high chance um, if nobody's wearing a mask to um, interact with people who may be infectious. Um, and so for every 20 people, um, one or two of them could get a breakthrough infection. For every 20 vaccinated people, one or two of them could get a breakthrough infection. Um, they may only get mild disease, but we wanted them to know that they could bring that mild disease home. They could bring it to others. They think they're protected in terms of transmission. And they, we felt it was important that they know and understand parents, uh, families of immunocompromised people, families at risk of severe disease, that they should protect themselves so that they don't bring that uh, disease home to others. Okay. All right. We made it. We made it through four minutes of CNN segment with the I CDC director. I can't stand her. I'm sorry. I, I can't stand <laughs> listening to her. But she did make it through without crying. So that was a good start. <laughs> and telling us that she's a mother and a sister and a neighbor and a friend and whatever else she is. Exactly. So I, I, even the CNN anchor pointed it out, like what the, the messaging is kind of bad. It looks bad to the people who got vaccinated. It's looking bad for people who did not get vaccinated because now people who are looking at who didn't get vaccinated are saying they're going, 
well, what's the difference? Vaccinated people now have to still mask up. They still have to do everything I have to do. The only downside may be peer pressure. More people are going to start pushing you to get it because that's the that's the overall message. You got to get vaccinated. Yes, which is not a reason to do a <laughs> medical treatment, in my opinion. But yes, it, it doesn't make sense because you're still subject to the mask mandates. Um, I personally think that LA at least is obviously headed for lockdowns. Probably many other cities, as unfortunate, like unbelievably and also not unbelievably, you're still subject to that. If you test positive, uh, you're still subject to having to quarantine. Um, I was doing a job recently and it got shut down, and someone who was not not vaccinated tested positive, and and you know we shut it down. So uh, you're still subject to all those things, and I'm not blaming or shaming anyone or, or telling anyone what to do, but uh, it does not make me want to go get it. <laughs> None no. of this does. The shaming doesn't it- either. The blaming doesn't. I saw a sign on the freeway recently, like repent or hell, those signs. And it kind of reminded me of all this rhetoric around the vaccine. It's like those very religious people who don't understand that they're turning you off of religion by talking about it so much and how you're going to hell. It's like, I want to commit every sin in the book because you're talking about it so much. So all of this across the board is so bizarre and just wrong. So this other article you sent me, um, this was actually an older article. I remember reading this. It was about the ACLU Mm-hmm. said there's a lot that can go wrong with vaccine passports because Newsom did come out and say that they were going to have the most robust vaccine verification of any state in the country. Yeah. Uh, what, what that particularly means we haven't seen yet. Um, but the ACLU actually came out with this article in a hard stance against uh, digital passports. So do you want to kind of take this away and, and give your thoughts about it? Yeah, well, you know, right before we went uh, live, I was, I I think like everything, (laughs) any public policy, and really any Democrat policy, it's going to hurt the very people that they claim to want to help. It's going to affect the bottom first and hardest and quickest. Um, And, you know, I think it's important to note that in LA County, the largest majority of unvaccinated Angelinos are Black people 16 and older. So I think we have this idea, not that it's by any means okay to discriminate against white Trump supporters or whoever you think it is that's not getting vaccinated. But I think we have this idea that that's what we're doing. And we're just going to not let them into our clubs. And because I'm seeing this all over LA. Uh, Some people aren't even allowing for proof of a negative test within 72 hours, which is problematic in and of itself to ask for, but to not even allow for that, it's very non-inclusive you're creating spaces that are going to be largely white and Asian space spaces in LA in Los Angeles. It's like out of all eligible Asian Angelinos, it's 80% who've been vaccinated close to 70% of whites. And then it goes down from there. So I think what the ACLU, which I don't often agree with them, what they are getting at. I don't know if they've changed their stance at one time, the WHO was against digital passports as well, or at least cautioned against them, is that it, it is going to have unintended consequences. I think they mention in this article, it's been a minute since I did the video on it, about uh, illegal immigrants. Um, you know, if, if we move towards a digital passport system and a QR code, is that going to discourage 
illegal immigrants from getting the shots uh, and partaking in that. And also, you know, we have a homelessness crisis. I, I think it's going to further ostracize those people from society. I don't think they should be camping on the streets and doing everything they're doing on the streets. But if we move towards the system of you can't even come into the door if you don't have this smartphone digital passport system, what are all the unintended consequences of that? I think in this article, they say something like a good percentage of people over the age of 65 don't even have a smartphone. So I, I just don't think we're really thinking about this. And obviously, we need a digital need, a digital vaccine verification system, because a paper one can be easily faked. So how is this going to look? And how is it not going to affect the minorities, the poor, the already ostracized from society first and hardest? Yeah, it's sometimes the ACLU, I have to give them credit, they do get some things right. Yeah, you know, they, they stick to their guns. And sometimes they get things right. And you, mm -hmm. you know, every once in a while, you see their stance on something you go, wow, I didn't think that they would actually take that stance on it. But you're right. Mm -hmm. And it says here, 40% uh, of people over the age of 65 don't have smartphones. Um, and it says many people don't have smartphones, including disproportionate numbers of from some of the most vulnerable communities, some such as people who are low income, have disabilities or are homeless. Um, and I feel like that's kind of like what happened with the mask mandate. Was there a lot of unintended consequences oh, no. in the sense of they didn't think of all the people who might be affected by the mask mandate. I heard stories of people who they couldn't wear masks. They couldn't because of the health issues, even though there were health exemptions for the mask mandate, no one ever knew how to do any of it. Um, so this might be one of those issues where they think it's a great idea. And, and Newsom may think like, oh, everybody can download a smartphone app. Everyone can get on Android or iPhone or whatever and download mm -hmm. this app. But there may not be a lot of people who can do that. So what what are their options? Do they not go to the grocery store? Like Exactly. Yeah. And uh, as always, like with everything, the people, the elites, the people with the most access to resources, financial and otherwise, can circumvene this, you know, and, and not necessarily get the shot and pay for groceries delivered or whatever mm. it is. Uh, they're just not thinking about this. And our, you know, our president recently said that Latinx people don't want to get vaccinated because they're illegal, which is problematic and on many, many, many levels. But even he, in his mildly racist ways, can recognize uh, that we have a, an issue here. So uh, the answer is not just to force people to comply or uh, ostracize them from society, because it's not just going to be white Trump supporters. Those are largely uh, centered in rural areas in the middle of the country. They're probably not going to do these vaccine verification systems. It's going to be cities like LA, big blue cities, and it's going to hurt the socioeconomically vulnerable first. It just is. And it's shameful that we're even talking about this, in my opinion. Who knows? Maybe the next bonus that Newsom will put forward um, to kind of buy his way through the recall is he'll buy everybody a smartphone. <laughs> That'll be the new program because it'll be in the interest of equity or equality or something like that. Or maybe you can um, enter the lottery. If you get vaccinated, you win a smartphone. Yeah. yeah. You can go on the, 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 the noodles game show where yeah. uh, all the rules are made up and the money is yours <laughs> anyway. So I'm just giving it back to you. Um, 
yeah, so uh, it's going to be interesting, the vaccine mandates and the passports and what's going on with that. A lot of people are asking me questions. I'm just like, I, I don't know, especially with employment issues. I, I've said before, I don't practice employment law. Uh, that's why I'm having my buddy on next week who actually does practice employment law. So he can actually answer these questions um, more soundly. Um, you know, last little thing on this, though, because Newsom yeah. did just come out with the state. I think I mentioned this in, in our email, the mandate about state workers. They have to get vaccinated or test every week. And what we just went through with the CDC, what she said, that they can spread it. It doesn't make sense that only unvaccinated state workers have to submit to testing every single week. If, in fact, we are seeing that vaccinated folks can spread the Indian variant, it makes no sense whatsoever. And that is, again, just how none of his policies, none of these policies are based on actually trying to keep people safe, actually working towards the public health. It's all just about trying to make your life harder so that you comply. We don't know that vaccinated people can't spread this. So why are they not also subject to testing? And again, I don't want anyone subject to testing, but it doesn't make sense. So no, it's an excellent. I never thought of that, that why not? If that's the case, we should be testing vaccinated people as well, because if they can spread it and even if it's a a, a slight little amount up in your nose, like Fauci Mm -hmm. always says, then (laughs) everyone should be tested all over again. Like we should be just, rolling out the testing and that's a big issue yeah because a lot of the places in la that i'm seeing the restaurants and bars that are doing these already they're saying proof of uh vaccination or proof of negative test within 72 hours and it it just doesn't make sense so something to think about that you brought uh, i don't know if you saw what i posted today about this pizzeria down here in san diego yes i ended up messaging with them a little bit oh yeah is it is it confidential? Can you share it or? No, no, no. It wasn't in depth, really. But I ended up reposting it because I thought it was phenomenal. I, I love, I loved it. I would rather support a business like that 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 made a mistake and then changed course almost more than like a business that has been like f this the entire time because it's so important to listen to people and realize when you're wrong, when you don't know, and change course. I thought it was phenomenal and I wish that I was anywhere close to them to patronize them next time I'm in San so, Diego. <laughs> so you, you know, you work in a restaurant you, you have, a, I would say a, probably a feel for the restaurants up in LA. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what goes through a restaurant owner's mind? I could speculate why they may have done it. They may have thought, Oh, maybe we'll do it and we'll, we'll get the mayoral proclamation from Todd Gloria or we'll get all this like good press out of it. Like we'll be like these big heroes. Maybe it's different up in LA. Maybe the the restaurants are a little different, but there was such a massive backlash down here in San Diego against them. Wow. That's amazing. Really? And I love that, but that's not what's going on here. So, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, that restaurant owners up there think that's a good idea or they think like in San Francisco, I know, they're all on board. There's like 500 bars in San Francisco that basically yeah. said you have to have proof of vaccination before you even enter our bar. Um, so I don't know if it's different up in LA or they are restaurant owners more open to the idea of vaccination passports and letting, you know, and restricting it to people with, with proof. I think so. I think there's at least 26 right now. I'm sure there's probably more and it will grow. Um, 
this is probably confidential, but I work at a place that I don't think I'll be at for very long because of these reasons. <laughs> I think last time we were on, I spoke about how I lost a job offer because they wanted me to take this in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So then I ended up getting a different job. Uh, I was very clear with them up front about how I feel because that had just happened and what I am not going to do. And it turns out the owner feels very strongly in the opposite way. He's trying to pay people to get the shot, uh, but he won't pay them retroactively if they've already gotten the shot at such Mm. time as when they were employees already. Um, So I feel like it's something he would be open to. Mm. Uh, And I think that... I know he personally is, is, uh, I don't know if I should say this. I think people are very afraid of, of closing down again and they just want to do whatever it takes. So they think it's like this sense of security, even though it's a false sense of security. Uh, and so they're open to it. I think it makes them feel like, okay, well, we won't have to close down. And then it lets their customer. I feel like it's virtue signal- <laughs> signaling mostly. Uh, but everyone just feels like safe and morally superior. And uh, people in LA like that. They, they really, really, really do. Uh, so I don't know. And I can tell you, you know, I used to work at a restaurant before all this for five years. I helped them open their doors. They didn't survive this, at least not in their original state. I don't know if they're going to reopen as, as something different, but they was busy all the time. I was packed and I work at this other restaurant now. It could just be different, whatever. It's not very busy. And I think every time we have this new, like, oh, Omega, whatever Greek alphabet letter scare, it, even if we're not shutting down, it affects business. People don't want to come in as much. If you don't have a patio, especially everyone wants to sit outside to eat. They don't want to sit inside. So I think people are just desperate to stay open and I don't totally blame them. But I also think that this is something we'll regret for the rest of our lives. if We go down this road (laughs) to put it mildly. So So I think it's a good point to like pivot onto the other part of what we were going to talk about. Uh, Mostly the political side of it. We're going to get to the recall video, but I was thinking all this stuff that LA is doing. And I just posted this evening about LA and um, testing with school children. Uh, You don't mess with parents and their kids. And I feel like LA is doing a lot of that right now. And I feel like they single handedly might be sinking Newsom's chances to survive this recall because he has to drive up numbers in places like LA. And if he's, if I think of it, it feels like, we're going backwards on a lot of this stuff. Um, it's going to piss off a lot of people. That's just my personal opinion. Um, I don't know how you feel. You may think that you may see it, that people are just like shrug their shoulders, like you said, and just go, I just want to get on with my life. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Um, but I also think there's probably going to be a lot of people who kind of backlash against this and go, wait a second, this is why are we going backwards? Have we, do we not have this under control? what's going on here. So I mean, I hope I hope that you're right. I think maybe I'm just jaded um, about all this. But also, I hope and I think there's a real possibility that people might secretly, you know, vote against Newsom, even if they are Democrat or or think they're Democrat or whatever. Because uh, again, I, you know, not to jump ahead to the next issue, but it's it's not a partisan issue, uh, opening up a state and being able to go to work. So I am hoping that a lot of people maybe like 
secretly vote a certain way, even if they just go along with it in daily life to make your life easier, which, you know, I do understand ultimately. So, yeah. I think there's, I think there's more secret people who are not saying they're going to vote to recall. I I think there's going to be, I think it's going to be like Trump in 2016, where there's Mm going to be a lot of people who are like, saying oh yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna vote for hillary and then they get into the voting and then they just pull the lever for trump Mm -hmm. because the the socially acceptable cool thing to do is oh i'm gonna vote for hillary um and then once they get in there they secretly vote for trump so there may be a lot of people who say oh i'm gonna vote no on the recall but then they get in there and they go i'm voting yes." yes and then everyone will be shocked like oh my gosh how did he get recalled this is so crazy um yes so this next video I had sent to you, and this is a lot of people have been sending it to me. It's one of the many videos um, from this Stop the Republican Recall, which is a political action committee, and they've raised almost like $40 million so far. Um, and they've been running these ads nonstop. I'm trying to watch a baseball game, and it just every other commercial is Stop the Republican Recall. Um, I figure we could take a look at it and maybe point out some of the things that are like really bad with it. Sound good? Yep, absolutely. All right, let's go. Who's behind the partisan recall of Governor Gavin Newsom? Anti-vaccine QAnon extremists. Okay, stop right there. Five seconds in. Stop right there. LA Times has said the, the people behind the recall are QAnon anti-vaccine people extremists right yeah so already i don't i don't think i've ever met really i i, I may have met like a couple people who are QAnon people in my life but i could count them probably on one hand and i don't think there's a lot of QAnon people left anymore no i don't know i honestly don't know anything about it it's i, I don't it's an absurd accusation to me i couldn't tell you really anything about QAnon, and i don't, don't think know I'm a minority. You don't know anything about QAnon? I know it has something to do with children. And that's it. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I know, I know our president really wants us to know that he does not suck the blood of children because he's mentioned it twice in the last week. Uh, yeah, but other than that, that, I don't know. That was a that was a great retort on his part. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, what, do you, what do you think about inflation, sir? Well, do Republicans <laughs> think I suck the blood of children? I no, no, that's a, no. like a fringe conspiracy theory. So no. So answer the question. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, why are you deflecting, sir? Yeah. Um, the best way to describe QAnon, I think, in my my humble opinion, and if I offend anyone out there who, who's listening, who who is a QAnon person, it was good like Trump fan fiction. You know how like people go on save Reddit. Everyone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like people go on Reddit and they write up their own fan fiction of like, yeah. This is what I think this story should be. That's what QAnon was. Like, I think somebody went on there and was like, oh, yeah, Trump has it all in the bag. And like, he has all this coordinated and look at, you know, it was always these codes that people were always trying to crack. Um, Well, I'll debunk it right now. If Trump had had it all in the bag, this QAnon thing, he would have let us know. He would have bragged about it. Look, I I supported him, but uh, not in 2016, but in 2020, I I got got I got in the right place. Uh, don't support him fully, but he would have let us know for sure. He wouldn't have been able to keep that silent. So no, QAnon is not real. Yeah, I, I would, I'd imagine. I'd like to imagine like none of this stuff 
I mean, obviously everything that happened with 2020, they said, oh, he had a plan. He had to get yeah. everyone um, caught in the act. That was the whole thing. Um, but if if that was true, I would just imagine he'd come out one day in like a press conference and be like, got you. <laughs> I caught you. Exactly. And we all know that's true. Whatever you feel about him. So I was right yeah. all along. <laughs> I caught you. But that didn't happen. So no. I don't think. Um, <laughs> And QAnon, I don't, I don't remember ever hearing QAnon was organizing. I didn't, I, I don't know. I don't, maybe because I don't run in those circles anymore. I got tired of the fan fiction. I don't hear, I didn't hear about a California recall against Gavin Newsom. But anyway, off to a great start. It's five seconds in. We still have 25 mm-hmm. seconds to go. <laughs> violent white supremacists. Okay. Violent white supremacists. So we now have anti-vaxxers, QAnon. And white supremacists. Now, mm-hmm. mind you, how many people signed the recall? Like two point one million. Yep. One point seven were were bear actually bear. verified. Mm-hmm. So all the people at one point seven, QAnon extremists, anti-vaxxers, and white supremacists signed in California. Which means that Biden is right, and in fact, white supremacy is the greatest threat to our nation currently. It's. If there's two there are million more of them than you thought. If there are two million white supremacists in the state of California, <laughs> I would be utterly shocked. If there's more than like two thousand about like white supremacists in California, I would be yes. shocked. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, all right, uh, for the audio listeners, you can't see it, but the images in the background are of January sixth, and I called this. Months ago, I said what they're going to do if the recall passes it or if it qualifies is they are just going to run ad after ad linking all the people who support the recall to January 6th. Yep. And here it is. Yeah. It's a, a cheap shot and completely blaze- baseless. I mean, they're going to link everything to January, January 6th as long as they can. But All right, let's keep going. Like the Proud Boys who attacked our nation's capital on January 6th and the same right-wing Republican politicians. Okay, so they showed Mike Huckabee, who is not a politician anymore. He's actually out of politics. Also, Mm -hmm. Newt Gingrich is also not in politics Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. And Trump's also not in politics anymore. So Mm -hmm. only person is Devin Nunes. Who's the only person from California, mind you. Oh, interesting. Trump's attempt to overturn the election, of course, paid for by the Republican National Committee. Instead of helping fight the pandemic, national Republicans are coming to fight Californians. Add your name to help stop the Republican recall. It's a power grab. Who's be- Oop, started it over. I was going to say, I think the one you sent me was even worse. It was narrated yeah. by a man and it tied the recall effort to how Republicans are always uh, claiming election fraud or something. And it's like, this is a legal recall. What are you, how is this related? I don't, isn't this part of our, our process? Our oh, is it? Oh, I think it's this one election rejection. Let's do this one. I think so. Yeah. Let's do this one. I mean, they're only 30 seconds long, so we can hop through. I also want to touch on the Elizabeth Warren one. Cause why a elitist millionaire from Massachusetts is talking about our politics. Mm-hmm. All right, so the same Trump Republicans. Ah, here we go. Yeah. 
presidential election are back, passing voters. The same Trump Republicans who would not accept the re- the, the results of the 2020 election, they're yeah. back. Mm-hmm. And now they're coming for Gavin Newsom. And somehow they threw Georgia in here as well. Georgia is just corrupt. Mm-hmm. across the country. Now they've set their sights on California, wasting hundreds of millions of our tax dollars, abusing the. Okay, so this fact, when I saw this, I, I almost spit water out. Because first off, $215 million is not actually the number. It's like $276 million it's going to cost for the recall. Mm-hmm. And that's only it only got up to $276 million because they passed, the Democrats passed a law to make it go faster than they originally planned. We spoke about that last time, yeah. So they actually made it more expensive by adding on another $60 million. Oh, that's interesting. Because I knew it was costly, but I didn't know that part of it was due to that. So that's interesting. Yeah, because it it was, if they were going to have it faster, then they would have to compensate the counties for the recall election because they wouldn't have the time to get their budgets in order. Um, But yeah, so for if they want to talk about wasting money, they actually helped waste even more money. To help Gavin Newsom. Well, yeah, and costly, but also how many how many millions of dollars were lost in business rep? Like how many businesses were lost? I mean, I, I don't want to spend any taxpayer money really ever, but it's like this is important. Uh, we need to know that we have someone in charge who's not just going to put us in lockdown again with a bad cold and flu season, allegedly. You know, so uh, this is significant. And and I'm sure you could find like a hundred things that California Democrats have wasted $200 million on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could could find politicians. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that hard. So for them to say, oh, now now we're fiscal conservatives. Now Mm -hmm. we care about wasting taxpayer money. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. The process to recall Governor Newsom, different tactics, same assault on democracy. Again, there's January 6th, then busting down the windows. A legal recall that 2 million, at least 1.7 million Californians signed. People like me, who at the start of all this were hardcore liberals. And I don't even know, you know, it's not like I changed Republican or got red-pilled on the internet. I don't know what I am anymore. I wouldn't identify as a leftist. But it's just regular people who just want to go to work and and can't stay home for, for forever. It's crazy. This has nothing to do with January 6th, which I don't agree with what happened. I think we're blowing it out of proportion, obviously, but especially compared to the summer of love last year, but nothing to do with it. You didn't get Q-pilled or red-pilled by QAnon? (laughs) No, no. This all started because I was locked down. And then I saw that it was okay to riot about BLM, but not okay to go to work. And that's how this all started for me. This is exactly how. So it's just normal people like me who are very nuanced. I like to think I'm pretty nuanced. So nothing to do with January 6th. They're going to tell you it has something (laughs) to do with it. Right-wing Republicans won't stop their election. So, okay. And this again, here's how many California Republicans voted to reject election results. San Francisco Chronicle. They keep trying to make it sound like California Republicans uh, are somehow rejecting the election results of Gavin Newsom in 2018. Yeah. However, this is a constitutional right 
of -hmm. Californians to do so. How long it will remain a right if the recall starts to get out of hand and Democrats start getting recalled left and right, I don't know. But it's still a legitimate election process. Like this Mm -hmm. isn't like we're storming Sacramento and being like, we want to get rid of Newsom and get them out of here. Yeah. Objections. So in California, we've got to stop them. Stop the Republican recall of Governor Newsom. It's a power grab. Got it. Yep. It's a power grab. Okay, let's let's look at Elizabeth Warren and see what she has to say. Autoplay. I saw a snippet of this. Start that over again. I saw a snippet of this, so I haven't really seen the full thing of this. We're watching it for the... I don't... Have you seen this? No, I just heard today, right before we went live, that she came out in support of him, unsurprisingly. So, uh, we'll be watching this for the first time. We'll both be reacting. Here's the deal with the recall of Gavin Newsom. We've seen Trump Republicans across the country attacking election results and the right to vote. Now... Okay. How much of this... Are they going to keep pushing voter bills in other states that have nothing to do with California and try and link it to the recall election, which, again, is a legitimate election process? Yeah, well, I I belong to his uh, email list, Newsom's, and uh, months ago, I got an email from Stacey Abrams, you know, about all this. She has nothing to do with California, and they're just tying it all together, January 6th, Georgia. Jim Crow, all of it is somehow tied together. I don't know. So recalling, legitimately enacting an electoral process, recalling a rich, white, straight male mm-hmm. is akin to Jim Crow. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what we're going with. It's the same thing as, okay. Yep. I didn't, I didn't know Gavin Newsom. It was, you know. Okay. <laughs> That's what we're going with. Um, see what else They're coming to grab power in California, abusing the recall process and costing tax. Oh, now we're abusing the process. It's abusing the process if you actually, it's not easy to get a recall done. It's not like you can just file paperwork and they're recalled. Like you have to get all those signatures. So it's not an easy process. Mm-hmm. And there's that number, 276 million. So they did update it. Although they don't talk about who raised it from 215 to 276. million, yeah. There's millions. Here's how we stop. Elizabeth Warren, mind you, fiscal conservative. (laughs) There's one thing I know about Elizabeth Warren. She is a fiscal conservative. Well, also, she's Native American. Newsom supports the vaccine verification system. Native Americans in California have like the lowest rate out of the eligible population. So she should be really concerned about that. She could show up at the reservations here in California with her powwow chow cookbook. (laughs) Talk about how to make uh, Native American crab cakes and uh, explain to them why they need to get vaccinated. Right. And then drive off in her limo somewhere. All right, let's see. Every Californian will get a mail-in ballot September 14th election. And the only way it's valid is if you wear a mask while dropping it off. <laughs> In the outdoors with no one around, yeah. 
protect California and our democracy. Stop the Republican recall. Okay, so she's the first. I'm sure there'll be plenty more Democrats coming out of the world. I don't know if that's a good look. Do you think that's a good look to have Elizabeth Warren coming out lecturing Californians about why they should reject the recall? Well, no, but Sanders came out months ago. I also got an email from him, which again is, I want to know what happened to the anti-establishment, anti-big corporation like Pfizer and Moderna Democrats. I would love to know where they went because they're no longer here. Um, I don't think, no, but I do think, I will tell you that people, the younger generations, I feel like, not that I need to tell you this, you probably know, they just buy this stuff. If you see Sanders' name on it, or Warren, a lot of people supported her, and they are playing partisan politics. I know both sides do that, but this is the most egregious act of just, this has nothing to do with the actual issue which affected everyone and regular people like me signed it. And they're just saying we need to keep a Democrat in California purely for political reasons. And it's sad, but I think a lot of the younger generations who can vote buy it. They just see that name or the blue or the D and they go that way. Yeah. I listen to Tim pool sometimes. Me too. And he always says, I'm so I'm sure you heard what he says about like, wow, we're raging against the establishment. And like, he sees people out there painting like BLM and they think they're like anti-establishment. Yeah. Like you should just paint like walmart.com because you are the establishment at this point. Yeah. They, they are the establishment. Yes. Sanders, all of them. And, uh, I don't know. I, it's not surprising that they came out in support of him because obvi- everything's just about partisan politics as opposed to the actual issues. And uh, I think, like I said in the email, I think uh, this relates to a lot of the rhetoric around the vaccine. It's it's baseless. It's painting people, the the other, as these white Trump supporter Republicans. And it's just, it's not the reality. So we're not actually dealing with any of the real issues. I mean, people yeah. were offended by seeing Newsom in, I guess, I guess the French Laundry is like one of the class, not class, like the most expensive restaurants in the world. I thought mm-hmm. it was just in California. I mean, that's offensive. That's not just a mistake. And he just pulled his kid out of camp, you know, because they were, weren't wearing masks. Not every parent can do that. Like it, he is the epitome of, I guess a lot of politicians are, but he's the epitome of like the 1% this has nothing to do with a bunch of Trump supporters. No. And he's, I mean, you could go down the list of why he is such a, a elitist hypocrite, starting with once he got elected, he paid $4 million in cash for his current home in the richest part of Sacramento because he didn't want to live at the governor's mansion. Oh, wow. See, that was so, before my time getting into politics. I didn't know that. That's crazy. So, why did he yeah, not want to live there? So people, uh, I you know it was it was something about f- family and kids and oh, okay. something like that. And, and not only that, for someone who's such a greenie, he went from the governor's mansion, which is right across the street from the where his office would be at the Capitol, to now it's a forty-five minute drive. Which I'm assuming it's not just him driving; it's probably also like security detail driving. So at minimum, you have two cars. 
probably two like Suburbans that are driving 45 minutes back and forth every day, burning gas. And you're a environmentalist and you went out of your way to be farther away from your job. Yep. Yeah. And I love how they say instead of spending money on COVID, like what money did we not spend on COVID? You know? Uh, we spent a ton of money. I think Tim Pool just said today that the majority of Americans ended the pandemic with more savings than they went into it. Like that's how much money the American government spent during all this, just in paying people to stay home. Uh, so uh, yeah, it just, it's again, just painting this. If you're not part of our solution, then you're just part of the problem. You're anti-science, anti-everything. Yeah. You can't have valid reasons for why you wanted to sign this recall. You're obviously a nut job. You're obviously like your crazy uncle Larry who keeps sending you forwarded messages of like the deep state and like the evil cabal and stuff like that. Exactly. And I think this kind of rhetoric is so, so dangerous. And I'm not saying that the right isn't guilty of it as well. Obviously, we all know politics is dirty, but Mm -hmm. I, I think it's incredibly, incredibly dangerous. And we should all be really vigilant about who is causing further division to where we can't even speak in this country. And uh, I don't know, you know, no one likes these kind of comparisons, but with tragic things that have happened in history, I feel like very often there was a national rhetoric that laid the groundwork for that, for otherwise good people allowing things to happen, watching things happen to their neighbors, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like we are tiptoeing towards that kind of rhetoric where it's just, you're not even allowed to vote a certain way, think a certain way, live next to me, work next to me, any of it. If you do this one thing or vote this one way, you're this. And that's all I need to know about you. And these Mm -hmm. commercials, which again, I know are not exclusive to Democrats, are just a perfect example of that. And I am just a perfect example of this because I was never politically involved. I never would have identified as a Republican. I didn't know anything that was going on. I just, I was really worried about the pandemic for like, a month. And then I looked around and I was like, this is actually not good for me for many, many reasons or good for my family. You know, I have immediate family members who got $151 in unemployment a week and that's it. And Mm -hmm. they didn't have any other income because of certain like falling through the cracks and that kind of thing. So this is just affecting regular Americans who are not like wearing, you know, white hoods on the weekends. And I don't know why we can't see that. And I don't know what Californian wants to be in a mask right now in the middle of summer, wants to go for another lockdown. I I don't understand why you are okay with that. And we're going to continue blaming the unvaccinated instead of blaming our elected and unelected like Fauci and uh, the CDC director officials. We should be pointing fingers up there, not to each other. Yeah. I, I, I always thought what's been going on with all this in 2020 it just there was like this undercurrent of a political divide and i think it just exasperated it to the point where there is a, a clear divide between people who are for a lack of a better term they are complete status in the sense of they want the state to get ever bigger they want it to run their life they think the state is completely infallible. Everything they do is fantastic. Um, if we just vote for a little more government, we'll be able to create the utopia that we all want. Like we'll fix everything. If, if we just pass it off to the government, they'll figure it out. 
Yeah, like we if all we know. just try socialism one more time, it'll work, you know? Yeah, and, and I think I talked about this morning on, on the live was if that were true, then California should be an absolute utopia because mm-hmm. it's run completely by Democrats. There is nothing stopping any of these Democrats from enacting any policy to make their utopia, but it's not a utopia. So what's going on here? There's a big disconnect. And there's there's a lot of people who I think are just fine with the government and the state being that involved in their life, telling their kids what to do, what to think. Um, it's it's scary. And but I think the other half of the country is basically a mash pit of moderate Democrats, Republicans, independents, libertarians who are like, uh, no, I'd actually like to make the decisions for myself. I don't, I don't want the government to be that involved in my life. Yeah. I I think you're right. And I, I think this is why I, even though I believe in free speech, I kind of hang so much on language and, uh, you know, kind of the in-between and the gray area because in my posts and my personal stuff, because I think that Republicans or whatever you want to call it, anyone who's a little bit right of extremely left, we have a chance of becoming the party that is actually the umbrella for everybody, bringing everyone in if we don't blow it because the left is doing a terrible job. They are, they are pushing people away. They pushed me away. I believe they eat themselves. If you don't perfectly fall in line, they will turn on you like that, no matter what other (laughs) box you check, even if you check all the boxes. So if we don't engage in this and I, maybe that's a pipe dream, you know, if, if Republicans, class liberals, whatever, don't engage in this kind of rhetoric, as much, I do think we have a chance of, of bringing people in who otherwise, like me, never would have thought they they would have been part of this um, because we are like politically homeless in a lot of ways. Uh, and the left is like paving the ground for this because they're so extreme and they mm-hmm. don't quit. Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about it before I was a longer time ago. I was a former lefty, um, but it felt like the Democratic Party really left me and not the other way around where I was not accepted for not towing the party line with the Democrats. And that's why they left me because they were basically either you're dogmatic and you believe our party line 100% or you're not a real Democrat. Right. Um, Now looking back, I'm like, I I don't think I was really that much of a Democrat maybe to begin with, but um but yeah, that's how I feel. And I, and you're right about this sort of thinking with Elizabeth Warren staring at us right now. Um, it, it definitely is. I will give the Democrats this. They are very good about like when they need to push something, they are like lockstep. Like we are all on the same, the, the same uh, trajectory. We're all on the same talking point. It's amazing how fast the phrase we are suffering from a pandemic of the unvaccinated became the, oh. the talking point from the president down to Nathan Fletcher. It's like in they San send Diego. out a script. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There, there must just be like once every Democratic elected official must just get a morning briefing of like, <laughs> here's how we're going to talk about this stuff. Right. Right. So, they are, it, they are good at that. And they, they are good at, at uh, winning the culture war. Uh, 
you know, which is, I think what Tim Pool talks about a lot. I, I really appreciate him for that is uh, that we have to create culture, not just push back against it. Uh, you know, even if it's not political, create cool things. Uh, I think he talks about like waving the Gadsden flag at a skate park or like making his skate videos um, yeah. because they have the colleges and they have Hollywood and they, they, they have this whole narrative about Trump and they spun it so well and people just, they really buy it and they feel like it's this battle against good and evil as opposed to like just people, <laughs> other people who just think maybe a little differently than you. It's crazy, but to I think to round out this episode, I want to end on more of a positive note. Have you seen this guy, Sean? I Fredrickson? did. I shared that today. Yeah. Local I wonder if I got guy. it from you. Maybe, maybe I got it from your page. Did you share it? Uh, it's been blowing up all over. This okay. guy's like he's like an international superstar now, and I'm <laughs> proud that he's a San Diegan. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, you're talking about like there's a lot of people who are like yourself or like politically adrift. If you were to see this guy walking down the street, most people would look at him probably on a skateboard or something like that and be like, Oh yeah, that guy voted for Biden or maybe Bernie, maybe Mm -hmm. Bernie. There's no way this guy cares about the constitution or anything like that. He probably voted for either of those parties. He's a Democrat. He may actually be a Democrat, but he just may be a fed up Democrat. Right. Um, The two million of us who signed it. Yeah, <laughs> Not that we're all Democrats, of, but yeah. There's a lot of them out there. And yeah. it, it, it's, I keep trying to hammer this point home to, to listeners that the reason this recall is so important outside of just getting rid of noodles is that there are so many hearts and minds that are kind of open right now to a different solution. And Republicans can't just sit here in California and say, Oh, well, we're just not Democrats. So just vote for us because we're not Democrats. They have to come up with a better platform and a better policy that they can say, hey, here's the platform that I think a lot of you are looking for to make California even better mm-hmm. um, and fix it. And we can do creative solutions. Um, but th- that's why there's all the- it's so crucial that this point in time politically in California may never happen again. So I think people get too laser focused on like, oh, we just got to get rid of Newsom. Um, and that's the whole goal. It's like, no, no we, we have an opportunity to like plow a new political future for California that could change the lives of generations to come. I like I like what you're saying. And I admit that I've fallen into that category of like, oh, just get rid of him. But I try to catch myself because I don't want to be just one of those, oh, never Trumper people like anyone but him because look way back at us. So I, even okay. though I hate him so much. I try to check myself and I like what you just said. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let, let's end on a, a positive note. Uh, Sean Fredrickson of San Diego, total surfer bro. I think he, I think he's a surfer bro. I'm assuming he's a surfer bro. Good morning, supervisors. Uh, thank you for, for being here, listening to us. Uh, before I, I go further though, I'd like to address Miss Wilma Wooten and that propaganda that you were sharing. This, this is not factual. We've actually, uh, being that we are not Cuba yet or North Korea, we still have access to the internet. And it's beautiful because your department has done a fantastic job of documenting the deaths in this county. So what I've done is taken that information which you provided to, uh, to ensure that I'm an informed citizen and I know when you're lying. So here we go. 
Uh, April 2021, there were 147 people who died in this county. Whatever the positive tests say with this PCR test, which we know to be unscientific and be used at 45 thresholds, which makes these positive tests false positives. We know this, and we also know that 147 people died in this county in, in the month of May, or uh, forgive me, April. So let's go to May. How many people died in May? Miss Wilma Wooten was talking about how all these people are dying. 54. We had 54 deaths in the county of San Diego. I don't care about the positives because obviously the PCR test is bunk and we know that. So let's go back to the deaths because that's hard evidence that we can use. In the month of June, how many deaths did we have, Nathan Fletcher? 80. How many residents are in this county? 3 million? 3.3 million residents in this county, and we're using propaganda that Wilma Wooten is using from the PCR test that we know that has been tested to be bunk because we've had 80 people die in this county. How many rights are we going to take away before we look at the facts? We know what you're trying to do. There are good supervisors up here that are trying to fight for freedom like the Constitution, but where are the rest of you? Why are you silencing people and using this jargon to scare us into submission? When are you going to speak the truth, Wilma? We're calling you out because we, the citizens of America, are tired of these lies. We get lied to regularly. We're used to these lies. Who's going to stand up for the truth? I He's good. Yes. He's very good. It is um, very attractive, too. <laughs> not, not even talking about looks, just talking about, like, yes, that is. Well, I, I, don't want to I don't want to burst your bubble. He's married with, like, five kids so well, good for him i love that too so you're like where are all the attractive freedom fighters in la county i mean they i don't know if they're in la to be honest you might have a harder time yeah. in la um but yeah that uh, it's amazing how that uh, you know once i started seeing other accounts post that that were like not california or san diego i was like oh man this guy is really catching on but you know he he's he's dead on and you know, it, it almost comes full circle because we started the whole show using the facts that are on the internet that we can look at and we can look at them ourselves and say, okay, it, the rolling average is 0 0.01 or 0 0.04. And we know we can look at it with our own eyes and we can see something doesn't add up here. Right. So, and I understand a lot of people, you know, they're they're busy. I don't have kids, <laughs> but I I do think the time is coming where we take we have to take responsibility for ourselves. I don't think anyone is leading us. Uh, I personally am a believer, you know, other than God, but clearly no one's leading us around here. So the time has come to maybe you know, like he said, we're not Cuba, we're not North Korea. You have to get on the internet. You have to turn off CNN, and you have to think for yourself because. As much as I care about those 54 deaths or 80 deaths, whatever it is, obviously any death that's preventable is terrible. I care about everyone who's lost a livelihood, which is also a life, and everyone who's at risk of suicide and depression and alcoholism or lives in a home that has abuse. I care about all of that too, and and we should. And how much more of that are we going to sacrifice? I, I don't think that, I think all lives matter, you know, like <laughs> not one over the other. So we need to start taking care of all Californians and all Americans and really looking at the facts. Yeah. He, I think he had a follow-up post. Um, I, I'd love to be, I'd love to see what his follower 
account must have looked like after that video because he must have went from like 2,000 followers to like a bajillion followers. Um, He was great. He was great. He'll be on Tucker soon enough or something like that. He'll be all over the place. Uh, But in his post, he says something about like, you know, I'm really appreciative of of everyone um, reaching out to me and showing the support. But then he said, but I'm just one person. So how many more people are going to come with me to the next supervisor meeting and stand up and say this? Like, I'm one person and I hope I've inspired you to continue to stand up and ask these questions. So I thought that was a good post. He seems like a very cool dude. Um, yeah, that's I, maybe, very inspirational. Maybe one day I can get him on the podcast if he's not too busy bouncing around <laughs> on Fox News or whatever he'll be on. So, uh, Yeah, even I have, have never done that, you know? So, I mean, this ends when we say it ends. I think this newest mass mandate or guidance or whatever the hell's going on right now just shows us hopefully all that this will never end. Unless yeah. we need it. It's just never going to end. So we've got to take matters into our own hands. I think that's a perfect point to end on. Uh, we covered a lot of ground today. Um, as always, great having you on. I love having our conversations. Uh, come back soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Cool. All right, everybody else, as always, Every Wednesday morning, Coffee in California Politics and the podcast goes live on YouTube at 8 p.m. And then you can listen to it on audio the next morning. And I will see you on the next one. for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it, and follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 